On today's show, it's Asar Thompson time, continuing on with the prospect breakdown shows. This time, though, we're in the range of Pacers picks. We've done the top four. Let's get into some of the other top guys that the Pacers could get at seven. Ben Pfeiffer will join to talk all about Asar Thompson today on the Locked On Pacers podcast. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers, as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and SI. And today, first of all, for you and Indy, happy Carb Day. If you're going, have a good time. Track weekend, Indy 500 coming your way. But it's Friday, and it's a draft prospect breakdown day. Asar Thompson time from the Overtime Elite. If you missed it, we did Amon Thompson on Wednesday with Ben Pfeiffer. And he, because we were already talking about the Thompson Twins, we just kept drawing to the second one right after. We made it very clear we were going to try to avoid just comparing the Twins and a really good conversation about what Osar could be, what he's good at, his potential fit with the Pacers, why he's such a highly regarded prospect. Tons of interesting stuff. And if you missed it, Asar did meet with the Pacers, he confirmed, uh, when I asked him at the draft combine. I wrote a whole story about it. So lots of fun stuff to get to today with Ben. Let's just get right to it. Happy Friday. Ben Pfeiffer is back. It's draft prospect time again. And we're done with the top four, which means everybody from here on out is theoretically someone who could be there at seven today. It's Thompson twin number two, Asar Thompson the better shooter, the better cutter, a little worse with the ball. Lots of interesting stuff to get to with him and what he could be in the NBA. If you're interested in hearing more about Amin Thompson, go back to Wednesday's episode to learn more about him. But we'll start this conversation the same way we did that one in case you missed it. Got to talk about Overtime Elite, where they play. It's a really interesting program. It's funny that to have these conversations because like two years ago it was, well, what's the Ignite going to look like? Are these guys going to be any good at the NBA? Like we've never seen this path before, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, Jalen Green's great. Dyson Daniels is great. Okay, this works. But the elite is not at that point yet. They're still figuring out what the translation factors can be. And it's, it's, it's crazy. Like the transition rate I was reading somewhere is like over twice as high in OTE than the NBA. Uh, and that means these guys are good in transition. Amin and Asar are both good in transition. But like, you know, we were joking on Wednesday show. If you missed it, like the first game I watched, they cut to something called the vibe cam. And they literally talk about NBA player pro comms for players on the teams on the broadcast during the game. And there's a lot of alley-oops. It's, it's, it's very tailored to highlights. And it's still they basketball. Their, they know their audience. They, they really do. <laughs> they do. It's still basketball. There's still half-court stuff. But it is a unique experience. For sure, and I and I and everyone are wondering how much the top end talent will translate from that and that level of competition to the NBA or the pros or wherever these guys end up. Yeah, it is. It is certainly going to be interesting. I don't have answers as much as anyone else doesn't have answers because we just don't know. Like I said on the, the the other show, like the only real like, like NBA player we have so far is like Dom Barlow, who's like floating in and out of the Spurs G League, and that's not really going to be indicative of much at all at this point. Um, yeah, and like the Twins are the first like real legit prospects that we have um, out of OTE. I mentioned this before. Like there are other guys this year, like Jay Gort, um, Jay Z and Gortman has was like quite good at the combines. 
um, and improved a lot over the year. Like Jalen Martin was in the G League camp. So there's going to be other guys that we're kind of testing and seeing how like the fringe guys stack up to NCAA international fringe guys. But yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, I don't think the league is as bad as some people insinuate. Um, the, basketball, the, the basketball can be painful at times, but I bring you, so can college basketball. College basketball <laughs> can be very painful at times. Um, just in All different ways, just in All different ways. All the time. Um, and like, I think like the fact that like they're older than everyone is, is like something to note for sure. Um, but they're like, is like real, like high end talent, um, guys who will be high picks in future drafts, um, playing in OTE right now and playing against the twins as well. Um, and the fact that there is just like, they are allowed to, you know, dominate the ball and that they have like dominated every, every level of competition they've played. Um, like I'm a big believer in like, you can only play who's in front of you. Um, like there's not really much. I mean, I guess like they, you know, could have chosen a different route, whatever, but like, you know, assuming on the route they chose, like even when OTU like has gone overseas and played European teams, when they've played like, you know, top high school teams, um, like preseason, they've, they've dominated every single level of competition they've played. Um, so I think when it comes to competition level, like, I feel like there's like more like the granular things that it's like, like the fact that they're OTE like is like, okay, I'm not going to say that like a men or, you know, a SAR is like going to be like a top two, top three contender, um, like over like scoot or something, but it's not something that's like turning me off to them for sure. It's mostly as I'm sure it is with you and most people just like, like a huge curiosity. Um, like I'm fascinated by the OTE experiment. I'm really interested to see how it works for them and for other guys. Like there's, like, again, like there's a lot of like definitely bad with like the defense we'll get to get to and like the transition game. It's also like really cool stuff. And like, I like that they can do different things. Like, are you aware of their like bonus kind of situation that they do? I don't know that. No. So instead of like a one and one for the bonus, they, they basically do like a power play um, where they have like the player. Oh yeah. Fouled, yeah. Yeah. Who fouled in the yes. bonus, like sit and they run like a five on four. That's not um, really what you're talking about. Yeah. Which I actually like really like from like a development standpoint. Cause like, again, like from, I mean, I don't think this is anything that will, anything that will ever be implemented in like an actual basketball game, like in, in the NBA, but that doesn't really matter like for, for this scenario. But I, like, I like that it's like a different kind of circumstance. You're testing different skills. Like, you know, how, like as an offense, like how can you be effective, like playing with an advantage has a deep, like, especially as a defense um, and like for the twins, like, you know, can you make up ground and defend from disadvantage? Just like, I think OT does a lot of interesting things and I'm curious and like excited to see like in the next couple of years, if this like flames out or if we keep getting more top prospects going to OT. So Barlow was 15 and six in OTE in the NBA. He played almost 30 games for the Spurs was a four and four guy in like 15 minutes. That's yeah. fine. I actually you know my, yeah. Like some of my, like my friends who like, you know, follow the Spurs in the G league tend to be like, like are pretty optimistic about him. Yeah. So, uh, Kevin Ollie, the, one of the coaches at overtime, the Pistons are like, Hey, let's hire this guy to, to be our NBA head coach. Like <laughs> they have like good infrastructure in place. It's not like a joke, but it's definitely like different than a lot right. of structured. It's just, you'll it's just like nothing like we've really seen. Yeah. Um, yep. More than it being bad, it's just unfamiliar. Yes, certainly. So we talked about MN Thompson on Wednesday. Asar time today. Largely considered. I don't think I've ever seen anyone who has him above Amen in the I've, draft. I've order. definitely seen that. He, I mean, he it's, is it's not really interesting. 
the thing that the the high level thing that everyone's going to point to is like the big difference between them. They are pretty similar in a lot of ways. Like they're both athletic. They can fly up and down the floor. Great in transition, which is awesome in OTE. And hey, for the Pacers, who maybe this guy is actually available at seven, like, oh, another transition threat. Great. He's a much better shooter, like 8% better from three, which is extremely significant. Going from Amen, who's like, oh my gosh, this guy, like his off ball is scary. It's like, oh, if Asar can be a 34% guy in the NBA, at minimum, awesome. Like that is a very valuable athlete to have. And I think that is where I want to start with him is like, do you think he's that much better of a shooter than his brother? And if so, shouldn't that make him almost a little more attractive than it seems like he is talked about? Because that means his floor is pretty impressive as an athlete shooter type. Oh yeah, easily. I mean, I think like, I mean, like we, we talked about this last thing. I, I don't think it makes him like a better prospect than his brother, despite the shooting gap, but I definitely think it makes him better than he's like getting credit for. Like yeah. I, I think they're like the three and four in this draft. I've had that opinion like basically all wow. year. Um, I think Asar, like I'm pretty optimistic about his shooting. Um, it is just, it has improved so much over the last year, year, year and two or two years where, you know, like a year or two years ago, like the beginning of OT before OT, he was a pretty similar shooter to his brother. Just like really bad mechanics, like just not getting guarded. Um, wasn't a threat to shoot off the dribble, but now like obviously the percents are way better. He takes a lot more threes than his brother, like significantly more volume from three. Yep. Um, which is such an important indicator as well as just take so many more kinds of jumpers. Like with, with a man, you're basically only seeing catch and shoot threes. Like, but with a SAR, he's like taking pull up threes off the dribble. He's like a really good, like mid range jump shooter with like fadeaways and stuff. He, he, you know, there are some flashes of him like shooting off of movement. And to me, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not someone who's like amazing with shot mechanics, but like his, his shot just looks smoother and faster and cleaner than it did a year ago, there's obviously still stuff to clean up. Like both are like two motion shots generally that, you know, suffer from a little bit of stiffness, but it is so much better than it was like a year ago. And I think it's the point where like, he's such a confident shooter now. Um, like you don't really see him passing up open jumpers. Like you see with the men sometimes and you see like him used to yep. do and like all these indicators piling up, like he's a better free throw shooter. He's, you know, his percentages are better. He's shooting way more threes. He's a way better mid range and touch score. Um, I'm way I've, more threes, I've, way more threes. Last more five threes. games, last five games. A men took 20. Asar took 39. Mm-hmm. Like, Asar is tucking now, which is, which yeah. is great. Yeah. Like it's, it's just a really good thing to see for his shooting development. Like the confidence is awesome. Um, and again, like, it's not like a crazy indicator, but like his touch on like floaters and mid ranges is really good as well, where that's something where a men kind of struggles, but a SAR is really great there as well. Um, so I really believe in his shooting. I don't know if he's like, I don't know if he's ever going to be like an elite or great shooter, but like, as you mentioned, like he doesn't really need to because of his like athleticism and his handle and all the other defense and the stuff we'll get to. Um, I really believe in his shooting. And I think especially as like a mid-range shot creator and a score, which to me is like the other like big difference between a men. Like a men is like, like even with his catch and shoot, he's like rim and three. Whereas like a SAR is like a really good like score, like from like five to 15 feet. Um, and I think especially when you're projecting shooting for, you know, young players who aren't great percentage three-point shooters, that, that matters a lot. Hey guys, short little break here to talk to you about the Game Time app. Buying tickets to your favorite event should not be stressful. And with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have with Game Time, the fast, easy way to buy tickets for all the events and theater 
near you. They have flash deals and last minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. They have images of seat views right on their app and the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation, job loss protection, and more. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. So download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. And redeem the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off at game time. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Yeah, the, that's the big positive difference is the shooting. I was on Pro Ballers for their percentages, and they cracked me up because for free throw percentage, they put like three percentage, two percentage, and they literally put one percentage, like one point shots. Um, <laughs> Asar is a lot better in those efficiency areas. The, the difference is for their their stock is the creation of Amen is way, way higher. Not that Asar is bad. Like, I actually think he might be a better passer slightly. Um, but oh, I actually actual, don't like, think so. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually like, I'm going to beat this guy off the dribble, make a defense rotate, yeah. set somebody up, run a pick and roll. He's way behind his brother. Now, I don't want to compare them. Like, I'm trying to separate them. Right. But it's, it's, it's like, I, I feel like it's like you have, like, like, this is all relative. Like, relative to, like, most prospects, Asar is an amazing athlete. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah. It's just like unfair to compare him to his brother, who's like <laughs> one of the best athletes, basketball athletes ever. Like, it's just like not a fair comparison. Whereas, like, yeah, like I think Asar's burst, like his burst, isn't super great. Like, like you know, like you'll definitely see him get like stonewalled on drives a lot more than like a men, especially. Or like, you know, we'll we'll have to work on these like footwork and craft and like pull up jumpers to beat guys. Um, but like his open floor speed is awesome. He's like also a really great leaper again like not as amazing as a men but still a really really vertically explosive player like the body control is still really really good um so it's like this guy is not like the best athlete ever but he's still like a really 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 good athlete like yep a lot of transition plays can run up and down the floor can dunk like these are obvious athletic traits but just (laughs) when you watch ot if you get a chance You'll see, like, that's where he's really good at. Something else he's really good at that I love about his offensive game, his cutting is awesome, like, in a way that he, he's more off the ball than Amen was. And he got really good at cutting and, like, finding the right time to do so in a way that when they did have half-court opportunities, it was like, oh, this is a really good threatening thing. So I think he has, like, a little bit more of a varied skill set, but not as many of the high-end, like, this is going to bend the defense, change the game kind of skills. I think he's, like, he's a lot less raw at this point in terms yes, of, like, concrete sure. skills. For sure. So his floor is higher is what I would say than his, than his brother, but his ceiling is much lower because of the lack of not lack of, but less creation upside. But I still have a lot. I believe in with him on the offensive end Mm -hmm. and we'll get to defense too, but the way he can read the game and pass and cut and shoot a little bit, just like with the athleticism that he has, I think that's all a very good blend of skills and why I think I'm going to end up higher on him than a lot of people. Yeah. As, as am I as well. Um, I think like, he just has this, like such a fascinating skill set as someone who's like you know not super bursty the shooting questions but like is like an incredible like a really crafty like mid range score as I mentioned like I'm surprised we don't like see like more people like because like he like has like the Jordan like fadeaway bag and he'll hit like a lot of like step throughs and he's really patient on his drives as well like a man like c- kind of likes to force things at the rim sometimes like just because he because he can like because <laughs> he can get away with it but asar like is, is a lot more patient with his drives um you know also probably bred out of necessity and like 
I think I think Asar is the best handling prospect in this class. Um, it's not a it's not a great handling prospect. Like there aren't a lot of elite ball handlers in this class. Like there's Scoot and like there aren't a ton of other guys where Cam's got good handles. What? Cam's got good handles. I think. Cam Whitmore. Yeah. Yeah, but like I, I don't think on the level of Asar. No, no, like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like as like an off-ball player, but right. Like Asar is like where I mentioned like a men. Like I think his handle is like a big improvement point. Like his ball control stuff. Asar is his ball control is incredible. He's so creative with his handle. Like he's really, really great against pressure, which I think helps him as like a passer, as a pick and roll, secondary pick and roll operator. Like it's so hard to like pressure a SAR and to go for the ball because he's so quick, like reacting with spin moves and like half spins and crossovers and between the legs. Um, and it, like it's really impressive the extent to which he can like be creative as a handler and string together lots of different moves and change directions and speeds. Um, and I think that really is going to go a long way um, in kind of compensating for the lack of high high end burst and like those athletic tools because. Again, he can beat guys with his handle. He can set up pick and rolls really well. He's really good at like he'll see a defender like jump a like jump a pick and roll, and he'll immediately like spin back and reject it and get into his spot. Um, and again, I think that helps him as a passer as well, being able to work in that pick and roll. I think like I definitely think he's a worse passer than a man, just because like I, I mean the one just like the lack of ability to put pressure on the rim and to generate passing angles. Yeah, I think, that's true. That yeah, true. he's more of a like a... It has to matter. You're right. Yeah, like, like he's more of like a we'll, we'll take what the defense gives you kind of passer, which is not a bad thing. Like that's not like a neg... That's not like an inherently bad thing, but like like he's a great... Like he's an amazing transition passer. He honestly might be a better transition passer than a man. Like his like full court outlet stuff is incredible. Um, Can I give you a stupid like a comparison for Pacers fans? Sure. Like Darren Collison, when he averaged seven assists per game that year with the Pacers, <laughs> that he couldn't miss threes. Like all of yeah. his passes are like the world's easiest pass. Right, exactly. You can call him a good passer, even though he had good assist numbers. And that's not like a like that's not like a negative. Like I, I think it's really right. valuable to have someone, especially with his level of athletic tools and potential scoring upside and off ball cutting alley oop game, like to be able to have that secondary playmaking. Like I think he'll miss like he'll miss some more high level pick and roll reads. Um, like to the interior and skips that he's just not as comfortable making as someone like a men and like his creativity and finding those like really high level passes that you see from like Luca and Trey or Jokic or whatever is this lower than a men, but like he's really steady as a passer. I think especially as like an off ball player, like attacking closeouts and like coming off of like curl screens and stuff in transition, his passing can be really effective. Um, and again, that's just like, it, it blends really well with like you, like you mentioned his pencil shooting, his cutting skill where he can, you know, find a, find a gap in a defense. And if help comes, he'll be able to make the right play and to make a pass. And that really, really matters. And again, like, I guess we can actually talk more Pacer centric because it's, you know, very <laughs> significantly more likely. <laughs> yes, that, I, know. I mean, yeah, yeah. Very significantly more likely. I think that Asara is on the board um, than a man based, like based on just you know, consensus and, you know, what the mocks and stuff are saying. And someone who like, Similar to a man, like just would make a ridiculous like pace transition offense with Hallie and Matherin, um, getting guys running and making good passes and, and all that stuff. Like, man, it, it would be so fun. It would be so fun. Yeah, he he does a lot of stuff that Pacers do well in terms of transition play. They need anyone at that size, like anyone. Um, so he's interesting, and we haven't talked about defense very much yet. How much do you separate again? I don't want to compare him to his brother. Like a man, I think good on ball, really poor off ball defender. Their athleticism plays a big part in both of their 
defensive abilities. I would grade Asar pretty similarly, right? Like he can sit in front of his own guy. He has the athletic traits. I think they're I think they're way more similar on defense than offense. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Like, but but we didn't. But this is a separate episode. Yes. Yes. I will get into it. We're having these conversations back to back for you listening. So (laughs) we're we have to like mentally reset. So like he he can stay in front of guys, pick and rolls. He's gonna be like trying to fight over stuff and be pesty. Like he's good at I'm guarding that guy when he's not guarding the guy with the ball. Yeah, it's, I, I have this problem with a lot of young players, and I feel like I need to kind of reset how I think about it because I always am like, man, they're, they stink off the ball. Uh, and it's probably just because they're a young kid and they're so athletic they can just fix the right. problem with their speed later. But I, they in particular, the two brothers, but I saw in particular, it's like, oh, man, the softball defense is, is rough. Like they have no idea where their man is or they're just watching the ball the whole time. Like that is going to take some time to clean up. And like really good team defenders, I think, at the college level, really stand out as a result of that. Like Jarris Walker's just like, oh my god, Rid- <laughs> ridic- ridiculous, yeah. like yeah. Un- unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to do the show for him. I've watched oh, him a lot. He's already. he's so good. I I yeah. love Jarris so he, much. He he is really good. <laughs> We're not talking about him, but I'm a big fan. Um, and so that is something about Asar that's going to be yeah. interesting. Is like we talked about this with our men, but I always believe that for for wing guys, even if you could be more guardy. You just can make threes or you can just shoot one or the other. You can be on the court in the NBA at that size. Like that is what's needed. The Suns I think the you playoffs, meant to say can make threes or defend. <laughs> well, the Suns in the playoffs, their whole big adjustment was like, screw this. Every bench player will play as a wing. Like we'll just put wings on the floor. And hey, they won two games. And like that's the best the team has played. Den- that's the <laughs> best the team's done against Denver this whole postseason. And there's a lot more to it than that. But you know, <laughs> they just turned to the wings. Like you need wings who can do stuff are important. And if Asar can either shoot, which is not something you could say about a man, or be this this really athletic defender, that gives me like a lot of belief that he'll be on the floor and capable at the NBA level, and he's got a pretty good floor as a result. And I think the defense is a part of that confidence. Yeah. One more break here, guys, so I can talk to you about bird dogs who have made my favorite shorts. I wear them all the time. I would show you that I'm wearing them right now, but they're packed for my trip, and I am no longer in Indiana. I had a listener message me and say, do you really wear these? Yes, I do all the time. Fantastic shorts and pants you can get at Bird Dogs. What makes them so great? They fit well, they're comfortable, and they're really versatile, right? What I love about them that I've said in this read many times, you can wear them to several different events. Their suggestions in the read are the golf course, a meeting, a date, or hanging out with your friends. I've worn them to a basketball team's practice for interviews. I've worn them to record a podcast and see you home. I've worn them on a walk outside to dinner it, you can wear them anywhere they look good they have stretchy fabric that makes you look great and they're comfier than a lot of my other shorts they look great they feel great that's all you could want in a pair of shorts at bird dogs check them out yourself go to birddogs.com slash lockdown nba and you enter the promo code lockdown nba when you check out they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler i have one myself you got to try them go check it out birddogs.com slash lockdown nba and use that code lockdown nba when you check out I definitely think Asar is probably a little bit better than a man on defense at this point. Um, they do like have the same issues where like the main big problems is just like they're both like super like spacey and unaware on defense at times. Um, like they just like you said will ball watch like not like their motor will just like run really low, which I think is as I mentioned before, like on the last episode, like is, is quite common for high usage, offensive young stars. Yep. Um, like it's pretty common. Um, like, like even in recent years, like Anthony Edwards was like a horrific college defender who has turned into, you know, someone who is serviceable at this point in his career already. Um, like we see it very often that like these high usage stars 
you know, once they get like MBA coaching and MBA, like, you know, development, like, okay, like, here's how I work within a scheme. Here's how I can, you know, make an impact. And just because of like how insanely athletic Asar is, like, I think his lateral agility is ridiculous. Like his lateral explosiveness, his ability to like change directions and flip his hips on the ball is, is incredible. Um, and I think he's probably like a more sturdy team defender at this point in his career than a man, even if it's still not great um, where he's not going to be as much of like a vertical, like rim pro threat, but his like digging and help and just help rotations are a lot more consistent. Um, I would say there are definitely still issues, but like the, the high end athletic tools, um, his ability to like cover ground as well, just with how fast he is. Um, same with the men, like, you know, the ability to like get from one side of the court to the other and to make these rotations and to stay with a bunch of, you know, make a bunch of switches and make a bunch of different plays on defense. Um, I think the, the potential is definitely there. Um, obviously if they don't clean up the motor and like the awareness stuff, there's, it's going to be yeah. very problematic, but I said this before, like. I think it's pretty uncommon to see like defenders with that high level of physical tools and just like general feel as well that end up being like bad defenders. So like I think Asar especially has like really high defensive potential more than his brother probably, um, which is another one of like the really big selling points um, that you know many people myself myself included say about Asar um, is like get him into a defensive scheme, get him like real NBA defensive coaching. Um, and then like, you know, see what happens where I think like, he's probably not going to be like an elite team defender. Like, as you mentioned, like the, the really high level, like off ball defenders, like make themselves known at this level and then end up being really special. Um, like, like, like Jairus will be, or like, you know, like someone like Draymond or whatever, but like, I think like Asar can get to a point where he's very, very good. Even if it's not like, you know, he's not going to be like a defensive player of the year kind of guy, which is like fine, you know? I agree with all that, and I think his defense will be a little better than his brothers. And I think that what makes them both stand out—we didn't even talk about this with the men much—is like they. Ah, uh, this is always a stretch to say with prospects. They can guard a lot of positions. I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say a range of numbers, and I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> um, I think they can guard many more than two positions, yeah, yeah. at least somewhat credible. I, I don't, so. I don't want to say the range I was gonna say, right. But, it's like, oh, there's one through five defenders. No, no, no. Oh, <laughs> so many draft things I hate. Guy who can guard one through five, I hate that one. Uh, oh, they're oh, not the real. He wants to me, it's like, I, I think I've complained to you, to you about this every year. It's like the sixth prospect on someone's board, and it's like shades of Kevin Garnett and like Chris Paul. <laughs> I'm just making this up. And it's like, how is that your number six prospect? Like, if that was a real player, right? Or like, it's like the 40th. It's like your comparison for like the 40th guy on your board is like Jimmy Butler with a jumper. It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? That's the best player. Like that's just, no, that's just like, that's just like, that's just like Michael Jordan. But like, yeah. I hate comps like that. It drives me crazy. Wemby this year, you can do that. You're allowed to do that with Wemby. This year. <laughs> Every other player. I'm like, what is going on? How like you make, how like, you make think, an exception for, <laughs> how do you think that's what this player is going to be? And you don't immediately think they're the best player in this draft. Or do you just like, do you think Kevin Garnett stinks? I, I'm making this up with KG, but. Yeah, that, that it, it's yeah, it's completely So I almost said one to four. I don't mean that, but that's almost what I said. I think, I think, I do think Asar especially is someone who could be really switchable. I agree. Um, just because he's like the lateral agility, as I mentioned, like the the ability to like change his directions and flip his hips, um, is pretty rare for someone his size. I think especially. So I think being able to guard down is absolutely going to be something he does really well. Um, 
Like though, like we talked about, like their wing size, they can defend wings. Like I think they're going to be able to guard down. Like Asar is going to be able to, you know, be someone who you can throw on. You know, like no one can really guard like the, the like Trey's and Dame or Fox or whatever or Ja. But like throw him on like you know a non like star like guard or, or two guard. Like he can be totally good and, and be overwhelming at times with his length and his athleticism. Um, and I think as they continue to both get stronger as Asar gets stronger, I think both of them need to get stronger as well, especially. Um, mostly probably for the defensive end. Like, you'll see him being, being able to guard up even more. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, obviously, like, the switchable labels are always, like, you know, erroneously. I regret, saying, I regret saying anything. No number. <laughs> but no, I do think it's true that Asar is, is going to be, like, a very role-versatile defender, we can say. Like, someone who okay. can do, do a lot of different things on defense and guard a lot of different kinds of players, which is valuable. I want to do like a spoof show where I make up a player. He can guard zero through six. He'll be, <laughs> he'll be guarding the fans, the coaches. He'll be locking up everybody, everybody in the gym. Um, I I think I'm really into Asar because I think his his floor is higher than his brother, and I think that his ceiling is still moderately good because he's got handle stuff. Oh yeah, stuff, he's got so. it. I'm really Again, into Nick, what his M- NBA skills look like. There, yeah. there, there could be or should be if he pans out at all. Obviously, there's a chance that any prospect ever just never develops. But I think he'll be. I'm really intrigued by him because I think you know his current level of ability is interesting. Uh, the shot is is going to be really important. Like it was really bad a year ago. So is that growth real? What? How did that happen? You know, uh, the other thing I think is going to be important for him is getting all the way to the rim on drives. Mm-hmm. I think that's honestly like, yeah, I think that's honestly like maybe even a bigger question because like, or not, not a bigger question, but like, it's like, you know, like, like how much can he be like a driving threat as well? Like, yeah, floaters are good, but like, it, they're not reliable. Like you got to get there at some point. So I, I, yeah, I think those are the big questions for me with him offensively, because if this, if he's just like a 34% shooter, who's athletic, it's like, yeah, that's fine. Like that's a good player. Maybe you can run in transition, but like, that's not a high level. Like, yes, we're psyched about our top 10 pick level guy even if he is a decent defender so i, I think right. he's got still a wide range like his brother but i think his floor is a little bit better but his ceiling is much worse yeah much worse. and like again like is worse it's just worse. Uh, yeah again we're talking like we're talking like we have to like think relatively here like a men's ceiling is like as high as you're gonna see for prospect like the fact that this is like an all-time draft like you know in most prospects in most drafts like a man is going to have the highest ceiling out of, out of basically anyone. Whereas, so not to say like Asar doesn't have a high ceiling. It's just like, you know, not fair to compare that. But like, I think he certainly just like in terms of impact, like can be a guy who like approaches, you know, maybe not like surfire, but like you know, at his peak approaches like all D level impact, even if it's not like consistent. Someone who can be like a secondary tertiary offensive player on a really good team, who works off a team that maybe has like a really great point guard creator. Um, who can add that size, be a secondary ball handler, someone who's able to shot create in the mid range, and of course, be just like a dominant above the rim, you know, off ball scoring threat as well. And agreed. I, once again, is a is a very interesting and enticing thing to think about on on the Pacers. <laughs> yeah, I was going to close with that. I mean, I think either of these guys would be top two or three next year. Like, I'm going to probably go number one next year. I don't know much about this. Yeah, going to I'm not super. I'm not super like. I mean, I'm like you know, I'm not like crazy well versed on next year's draft, but I I think that's probably the case. Yeah. So yeah, the Pacers fit for both these guys is pretty good uh, in general because they're threats in transition. I think Asar because he's going to be the better off ball guy fits pretty dang nicely with 
what they need in terms of a, a wing, athleticism, defense, and transition play. If the shot comes, he's a really good fit. Um, so I don't know if it's like perfect. You know, he might require the ball a little bit more than your right. typical off-ball guy. That's a similar thing that Matherin's going to have to figure out this coming season. But pretty good fit with the Pacers if right. they have the chance at seven. I think he, you know, it, it's reasonable. I don't know if he'll be there at seven, but it's reasonable that he right. Will. Like I think it's certainly like like with with a man, it's like. Almost certainly, like like a mirror. No <laughs> like with a star, like yeah, there's like a very real chance that I think he's there at seven. Like it's not guaranteed, but like it's very reasonable. And you know, especially this high in the draft, I think like you've got to draft for talent. Like you know, BPA. Like you know, in, in my opinion, like almost certainly a star to me will be the best player on the board if he's there at seven for for the Pacers. And that's you know beyond saying mm-hmm. that like he fits really well like he's gonna fit like well i think as you mentioned like with the defense and with the the transition and like the pace offense with with halliburton and like it it never helped it never hurts to add more good passers as well um just like especially you know like let's say they they get asar and and asar ends up working out like your core your ball handling core of of halliburton and asar like you have two really great passers with like diverse and different scoring skill sets um I think it would be a wonderful fit. Um, and like, again, like I think since, as I mentioned, like I think Asar is a top four prospect in this class. I think it would just be good value getting him, getting him at seven as well. So I, I really hope that that, that is an option. <laughs> I don't know if, I definitely don't know if it will be, but like, man, that'd be so cool. That'd be so cool. The, the Patriots need defense really badly. And I think that's going to make Hendricks and Walker attractive pieces. And I like both of those guys a great deal. The thing with Asar, that this is something I've ta- talked about with the Pacers a lot, is Halliburton is really good for many reasons, but a big part of it is he can pass and shoot at an extremely high level and get to the rim. And it's like those skills, no one else on the team can do that. So they like right. lose their identity so much when he's not in the game. Exactly. And that's really hindering. And I Asar could, I don't know if he will be, but he, he could be. He could be that guy. And now, I mean, that's what we saw at OT too. Like, the the Reapers like never like I, I can't think of a time like where where like Asar and Amen were both off the floor like I I don't think it ever right. happened never which means yeah. there were a lot of times where Asar got to play that primary role and got to play as a primary ball handler and while it's less like rim and you know scoring dominant than Amen like he can still you know run pick and rolls and be a shooting threat and you know unlike maybe you know if if he ends up working out as someone who can be more of like a mid range craft like tight contested shot making scoring threat than Hallie who's you know working up spacing and on his drives but yeah I think it could be like it can never hurt to have more creators um to have more guys who can you know run offense and and work and and create good offense because as amazing as Halliburton is like he can't do everything on his own basically no almost no NBA player can um you know unless you're like Jokic or something but like (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, he would be amazing again. I think like, I know, I think him and Jerry and Jarris are my two, two favorite Pacers fits. Um, probably Jarris more so, but I would not be mad at Asar like one bit. People need to practice that exact thing. You just said saying, who's your favorite fit with the Pacers? I get this question a lot, Tony, who's your, who's the best prospect for the Pacers this year? The answer is Wemby. What a <laughs> say fit say at seven like rule some guys out like don't, don't ask on. me like that the answer is gonna be <laughs> you know what they mean you know? i know i just hate the way it's phrased yeah no i love oh my god i know this is not a jarris episode but like god i love him so much He's i'm so excited good. to do the jarris one i talked to him at the combine for a while too oh really good kid 
good kid. Yeah, I've that heard doesn't, that doesn't matter to to fans, but he's a good dude. I mean, it, you know, it's it's important. Like I've yeah. def I have heard good things. I like, talked to Osar too, actually. He was also a good kid, but I, I, I it seems like for longer. And it seems like play. from from like again, like I'm not like an insider. Like I don't have like tons of intel, but like for everything I've like been able to aggregate and read and, and hear, like it seems like the twins are both like good, hardworking kids who yeah. like really yeah. love to play and like you know seem like like they're like willing and like you know have the kind of right mentality to be like stars because like they've been stars for so long and like they know yep. what it's like to like be the best player in a league and like look, look like both of them hit game winners in their league's finals like how many prospects can say that <laughs> right how, like like how many prospects can say they've hit finals winning like game winners like not Jalen that many Suggs. oh sure. wait that wasn't the final that wasn't I mean, the final that was no it wasn't four, right like like i get i'm counting that <laughs> yeah right i think it counts like point being like they like know what it they know what it takes even if it's like, yeah. at a lower level like they have shown that like they know what it takes to like be stars and to like be faces of a league and especially like a new one and i think like it's not something that like matters that much but i think it's like a good thing for sure like yeah like they like as much as like people will like clown on ote and like you know some of it is 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 justified like the players treat it like a pro league like they like they they treat it like like they're pros and I think for them, it definitely shows that like they carry themselves really well. Vibe cam time on Locked On Pacers to close it out. Just kidding. <laughs> Looking forward to this draft. It's gonna be fun. Lot of Wait, very. Can you talk about your Riz on the sideline there. <laughs> it's a very niche reference to an OTE game. I'll let the listeners figure out what game it's from <laughs> to, to dive in. Ben is on Twitter at bjpf underscore. Again, his YouTube channel breaking down prospects will be in the description of this episode next week going to talk contract extensions guys who will be eligible for them for the Pacers this summer right now it's just a shaper set but on July 1st that list will be much longer could they actually extend anybody and the Cam Wentworth episode will come right after and if you need me in the time between now and then good luck because I'll be in Alaska and it might be very hard for me to actually be checking and reading my book so looking forward to that thank you guys a ton for listening today have a fantastic weekend see you on Monday